because it was my life I was going to lose. It was me who was paying the consequences. Like all my friends have died. They're all gone. There ain't none of them left. They all overdosed and died. I was homeless. I didn't have any money. Doors were all closed. Locks were all changed. I'm not there to hold their hand. I'm there to hold out my hand. If I want to be successful, I need to be around successful people. It will get better as long as I continue to put in the work and do whatever I can to help the next person. It gets better, Doc. It gets better. It gets Doc. better right there, baby. All right, back with Rob's. It gets better. Definitely sure does. does. A lot of hey. doggone hope out there. They're sharing their for this one. I don't know, inside. I've been excited for this one, Scott. This I can't wait for this fucking one. I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been waiting. You know, I've been working with this guy for two years now. Yeah. Haven't had an in-depth conversation. We really haven't wow. touched on that. Wow. So, I'm, so I'm waiting. This guys. is the Lutman story. This is the Ooh. Lutman special, buddy. <clears throat> he's got he's got the mic. He's looking good. He's all is, uh, dialed in. Inside uh, the, the last life of Bob uh, right here. Okay, for the the listeners out there, if you didn't, if you missed it, the last uh, podcast we had was uh, that one last high. But I mean, there there's some really great gems in there. Your family uh, is struggling with some uh, uh, challenges, addicts. That is a great podcast for you. A lot of good solutions in there. I I was I walked away feeling damn good because the Robs dropped the uh, the old truth bombs on there and and hope again hope. All right, Lemon. Yes, sir. You hear me? Hey, We're going to be talking. Uh, I was just thinking good. about, uh, you know, we had uh, we had the Demio story, and then uh, we the got Irish the story. Lemon story, and and it's uh, truly what make addicts tick in a sense. But tell us your story, there, big. I'm going to promise you. In this story, I was not in Studio Fifty Four, <laughs> uh, so oh, unfortunately, a, unfortunately I was just. <laughs> It, you know, a leaving not, reference right there. And the you know, I, I wasn't in Area 54 or <laughs> Studio 54, Studio, or whatever. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, you know, my story begins early. You, how, how old are you right now? 35 years old, Scott. Pop, freaking. Yeah. Pop. You know, I got some gray hair coming out. You know, no. yeah, how long have you been clean, Lutman? Uh, four and a half years. Fucking phenomenal. Yeah, four and a half. Um, so with that being said, started off, you know, my family, my dad, dad was a heroin addict growing up. All right. Uh, I learned to walk in prison. My mom would take the bus to prison where my dad was for many of year. And, uh, I learned how to walk in prison. I took my first steps in prison. I would take pictures with everybody in there and their families running over, taking family photos. My mom would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Taking pictures. They finally get a little, you know, self-time. And I'm over there running, taking pictures with, you know, I'm in there with Spanish family, black family, white family. I'm, I'm in there, you know, <laughs> taking pictures with everybody. Anyway, so my dad was a heroin addict. Uh, it was just me and my mom growing up. Poor neighborhood. Um one light signal away from Camden, New Jersey. I was born in Camden. Um, and I grew up in a poor neighborhood. All right. And, uh, you know, my dad's not a part of my story. He was there. He, you know, helped me be born and, you know, did his own thing. He's still an active, I believe, to this day. Uh, addiction. Oh, so he's still 
still around there someplace. He's in North Carolina somewhere doing his thing. You know what I mean? Spreading the Lutman gene around. Uh, you know, quite <laughs> a few brothers and sisters that I don't know about, but they're 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 around. Um, so you know, beings that I was poor and you know eating all that government food, I you know start getting fat and um, you know, so I didn't really like myself. I didn't have many friends. I wasn't that popular guy. I wasn't funny. I wasn't really talkative. Uh, I needed something to come out of myself uh, to be, you know, accepted into a group. Okay. So I would start stealing some of my mom's weed and I would hang out with some of the older kids that were already smoking weed. You know, that was the first thing for me was smoking weed. I would steal my mom's buds and go hang out. And, you know, they would smoke it all and like give me like the little ash at the end of the bowl and shit of my own weed. You know what I mean? But they were the, <laughs> they were the older kids. Bastards. You know what I mean? Stupid and then bastards. like and then they would like beat me up. Right. I come home crying to my mom and my mom be like, oh, cool. You want to cry? Oh, I'm going to hold your hand and walk you down to the field and you're going to fight him again. So I, my mom walked me down the field. I get my ass kicked in front of my mom. And then she walked me back home. So I get my ass kicked twice. I don't understand. What was the the message your mom was trying to deliver on that one? I mean, don't come home crying. I'm still trying to figure this is I'm sitting here going. I wish we had a live call in right now because I'd ask her right now. What the hell are you trying to do? By the way, hey, mom, why? Hey, why didn't you let me get my ass kicked? Twice. Twice. Right. So, you know, so then, uh, you know, I'm using. Hold it, I'm hanging... Didn't your mother say, hey, what, where's, what the hell's happening with my stash? What, what's oh, of course she did. Of course what she did. Would it just sort of disappear or did she oh, say? Oh, man, listen, I was already no. born slick, Scott. I was able to sneak in, steal the bud. She would always say, hey, I got two bags of weed. You'd always take the good shit. Uh, you know what I mean, I didn't know what good shit or bad shit was. I had no uh, idea. I was just taking it at that time. Uh, so it was an ongoing thing. We're talking, I'm, you know, 13, 14 years old at this point and I'm hanging out with the older kids and, you know, one day, uh, you know, I always told myself at that point in my life that I'm never going to do like heroin. Cause my dad, mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I ain't never going to do heroin. My dad did heroin. I'm like anti that shit. That's horrible that's death i I ain't touching that shit that's like the worst thing you can ever fucking do it's gross i don't want to be a junkie right i remember that you know what i mean i'm like not me never dare shirts and shit you know what i mean like you know but i'm cool because i'm smoking weed you know and uh (laughs) you know so one day uh a friend of mine was like hey man i got these uh blue percocet fives that say percocet on the pill I'm like, all right, here, let me get uh let me try one. Cause they're older. I'm like, yeah, all right, let me try one. We're on the bus going to the mall or some 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 hood rat shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um I like the way the pill made me feel. So I was like, let me get another one. Instantly, I go, let me get another one. That was I was hooked the first time I ever took an opiate pill. I knew I was fucked right there on the spot without knowing that I'm fucked right there on the spot. Cause yeah. I liked it way, way, way too much immediately, immediately. And I'm like, let me get another one. He was like, yo bro, you know, you don't need it anymore. You're good. He's already trying to slow me down. This is right. my first time. This is my first time ever using Scott. 
huh. you know, on a bus. I'm like nodding out in the fucking, you know, back in a bus and shit with cool kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? With my Jenko jeans. Right. Like, get the fuck out of here, bro. You know what I mean? My Converse, fucking yeah. whatever. You know what I mean? I might have had fucking so. Velcro Jones at that time. And, uh, so, you know, we're using first we're using the pills a little bit, and, you know, and then I grew up uh, being 35. I grew up in that hardcore Oxycontin yeah. era. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was right in the middle of that. OK, like the real ones and, you know, people listening know that story. So I'm, I'm using those things. And that's when I really started having a problem where I'm using all my money to use these drugs i'm starting to sniff them at this point because i'm still hanging out with these older guys i gotta jump in why didn't you hang out with kids your own age and demio referenced that he hung out with older kids why, why didn't you i mean because they didn't like me i felt at least that they didn't like me huh. i didn't relate with them the huh. kids that were you know some kids i did relate with so i played some sports growing up hockey football baseball the whole thing you know what i mean and I, I was pretty good at that kind of stuff. I was good in sports. So, like, as soon as I start, like, eating my way out of sports, okay, where, like, I'm just becoming too heavy, too fat. I'm not, you know, not right, really right. being able to run around, getting lazy. <laughs> I'm hanging out with these older guys that accepted me a part of their group yeah, because we had something to relate with, right? We're using drugs. So, like, that's our basis of our friendship now. Did any right. of the other kids your age go to prisons to visit their parents and smoke their mothers? Nah, days? man, they all weren't right, doing yeah. that shit. They were exactly. all cool, you know what I mean? Couldn't were, understand. Listen, listen yeah. now, now I jumped up a little bit, right? Now I'm in like 11th and like 12th grade, right? Yeah. Where I heard that Nelly CD for the first time, oh. Country Grammar, all right? <laughs> and I was like, I was like, yo, yeah. ride with me, son, all right? And Getting like, on here. I start, yo, I start, yeah, yeah. I start wearing like Echo clothes now. I see it. I uh, see that. Yeah. I'm wearing Mark Echo gear. Quick self right. shirt, real fast. You know what I mean, I'm going to Foreman Mills, getting my shit. All right. My mom will be hooking me up. And uh, so, you know, I- I'm taking these pills now. And, you know, I-, I start experiencing withdrawal in high school for the first time, but I didn't know what it was. Mm. I had no idea what withdrawal was. I just knew my stomach's fucked up. I don't feel good. And like magically, if I took another one, I felt good again. I'm like, oh man, this is fucking weird. This is crazy. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm using this stuff and, um, you know, I would use it in school. And then, you know, I never had the money to go to like any type of colleges or anything like that. Yeah. I had decent grades in school. I wasn't like a dropout or a failout or anything like that. I had decent, decent grades. And uh, I had a couple friends that I hung out with, uh, you know, towards like senior year, I would start hanging out with some of my own age people. Yeah. Still had the other friends, but like mainly because like they were starting to use too. it took them a couple of years to catch up to me. But now we had like that thing in common, yeah, you we're smoking weed, doing some pills, right. we're right. hanging out. Right. And, um, you know, so I lucked out and I got this government job, you know, and Right out of high school, they used to, you know, I was the youngest guy in this in this government job, and uh, you know, for this public works, uh, you know, for the for the government, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And um, I'm the youngest guy. I'm like 19 years old. The next oldest, the next youngest guy is like 36 years old. 
they called me Similac right off the rip. They're like, yo, Similac. And they were, you know, <laughs> fuck with me. And I was the kid, you know what I mean? And, but I already came into that job fucked up already. And they used to get on me about, hey, you got to get your CDL license. You got to get your CDL yeah. license. And because we plow snow, we're in the north. You know what I mean? We get snow. We're filling potholes. You got to drive a dump truck around. Hey, you want to advance? You got to get your CDL. And I'm like, dude, but yeah, CDL, I get drug tested now. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. I'm not going to set myself up to fail with a drug test. Right. And um, so I uh, wind up started getting sick. I'm taking fucking Pepto-Bismol left and right for my stomach because I still don't really know what withdrawal is at this point. And eventually I was like, man, this is, this is a problem because I had a friend of mine that, you know, got clean. He had like 80 days clean and he took me to my first NA meeting where I was fucking wrecked going into my first NA meeting. And I thought he was the coolest person ever with like 80 days clean. I'm like, Oh man, like he's like, he's everybody shaking his hand and hugging on. This is, this is the way like it's the fucking Mandalorian. And like, it, it was, it was right. fun time. I seen it. But I didn't, I didn't like go into it yet. You know what I mean? I didn't believe in it yet, but like I experienced it for the first time in a church basement. Right. It was fucking weird. But I was like, man, there's like new people to talk to. Like, it's cool. Yeah. And uh, so I, I signed myself up. I called the number on the back of my insurance card because I had insurance through the job. I'm like, man, all right, I'll go to this, this, this rehab. They're like, what are you using? I'm like, oh, obviously cotton. And uh, they got me in. And uh, back in the day, you know, they gave you the orange stop sign, Suboxone. It wasn't the strips they have nowadays. And uh, and it worked. I got I got clean. And uh, so I go back to work. I'm clean. I get some, uh, you know, I, I go and get my CDL license, which today, to this day, I still have my CDL license. Yeah, still, go. still to this day. Look at that. Man. And uh which is funny because I'll never use it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's cool. Fuck that snow now. <laughs> um, so I get my CDL license. I'm doing good at work. And, you know, everything's kind of working out for me. I wind up moving into an Oxford house and everything's going great. And they had these layoffs. The government, like, I'm like, literally, it happens once, like, every 30 years, and I happen to be in that 30-year mark. Uh, they're like, I've never like, heard oh, that. Lay off. Oh, so I'm like, oh, cool. Getting laid off. So I immediately go back to an old girlfriend, and I get fucking high. I relapse, because I'm like, hey, there's no consequences now. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to worry about drug tests. No nothing. I get high. Now, at this point, 80s, the Oxycontin has dried up at this point. Now they have those fake things or whatever. And I'm like, I had this cool connect in the trailer park. All right. My boys in there, they were smoking crack. And I was only doing pills at the time. And he'd be selling his pills for crack. And he was like, this one guy was had heroin. He's like, man, I don't got, there's no more 80s, bro. I don't know what to tell you. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? And this is that conversion over from pills to heroin. And this happens to a lot of people out there, not just myself. And this is how it happened was for me, hey, the pills ran out. And now the next best thing for me to get rid of that sickness was, hey, man, let me try a little heroin. I, I got to ask the question. Why didn't you just say, hey, I'm, I'm feeling sick again? Why didn't, I, why didn't I go back to treatment? 
because uh, I didn't really have enough experience at that point. I didn't have somebody whispering in my ear. I didn't have enough education on it. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't like his big thing when I was going through this right. as it is now. You know what I mean? Like I didn't see as much as like people in recovery, all these different treatment centers. I didn't know of a sunrise detox. I didn't know of counseling centers. Right. I didn't know about this. You know what I mean? I knew of a place that's been around for 50 years and that was it, you know? Yep. And so, you know, I'm like, oh, let me start sniffing a little heroin. I ain't going to shoot it because that's my dad. You yeah. know what I mean? My dad used to bang heroin. I'm like, I'm just going to sniff a little corner, a little, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, a little, I'm, I'm way better than him. So, I, you know, I wound up sniffing heroin for probably a good two years before uh, shit started getting really bad. And, you know, my ex-girlfriend at the time was like, hey, you're a pussy. I'm like, what are you talking about? She goes, you fucking sniff it. Oh, you guys start shooting that shit. You'll save money. <laughs> if not, you're a pussy. I'm like, I love it. I love it. Like, Listen, I'm soft as shit, right? So, God. I have a problem with women over the years. Damn. <laughs> you, you call I me like pussy once. I'm like, all right, it's over. Let's do whatever you want, right? I like the economic benefit. Hey, so right. Good. Like, I'm like, I'm like, at the time, it fucking sounded brilliant. I'm yeah. like, stupid fuck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And uh, so I started shooting heroin at that point. And then after I started, sh- you know, shooting, my addiction progressed. Work for the union called me back and they're like, hey, come back to work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right. So this is like a down part of my life, right? <laughs> uh so I'm, I'm back to work and I'm fucking, I'm using a lot of heroin at this point. And this comes to my car accident story, Rob. I know you heard this one before. I have, I have. Right. So, so this day, I'm still a legend within the fucking public work community. Huh. Uh, so I'm plowing snow and it's like one o'clock in the morning. And I got a you know big dump truck with a big plow. There's like a foot of snow out there. Nobody's on the road at all. Nobody. I have my flashers. I'm an emergency vehicle plowing snow, and I'm going down the road. And a cop's coming towards me, and I'm at a yellow light. And the cop decides to cut in front of me to turn down the side street, and I t-boned a cop on the intersection with my plow. And wow. I fucked his shit up. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He, he was on his did. passengers. He was on his passenger side seat. After I like, he literally looked like a tin can got squished and he was fine, but he was shooking the fuck up and I'm banged up. And I'm like, fuck dude. I don't have a scratch on my truck. Cause I literally had probably like a 10 ton plow on the front of my truck. I was say. Steel. You know what I mean? I ain't got a fucking scratch on my truck. Right, right. I get out. He had to climb through the passenger. This is a cop. Had to pay- climb through the passenger window. And he's like, he's a rookie cop. He's a young kid. He's like, are, are you all right? <laughs> Ask me <laughs> if I'm all right. Hey, check that out, man. Let's see. Yeah, back like, to you, Timmy. Here's my rig. Look at my you rig. You know what I mean? I'm like, are you all right? I'm like, bro, sit down. Are you all right? You know what I mean? Wow. And, uh, so I didn't get in trouble with the law, okay? Because, like, I'm a government worker. They thought it was just a regular accident. It wasn't because I had slow reaction time. It kind of was his fault. 
He cut in front of me. I'm an emergency vehicle plowing snow. So I didn't get in trouble for the with the law. But when you're a government and you're a union worker with a CDL, any accidents you get in, you have to take a drug test. So, you know, they immediately, they're driving me. The, guy, the safety guy comes, picks yeah. me up, and he's driving me to the fucking you know, the hospital, go get drug test. And he's like, yo, man, what happened? I'm like, fucking crush that motherfucker. What do you think happened? And he's like, are you, how are you going to do with this trust, this drug test? I'm like, dude, I don't know. I'm failing that motherfucker, dude. So I literally had a couple more bags on me and I'm in the drug test room and I use the drugs in the drug test room while I'm taking my drug test. Literally, I, I was beat. I was done. I'm like, all right, I'm going to use these drugs in the room while I'm taking a pee in the drug test cup. Well, I fail. So now I get suspended 90 days and requirement for me to go to rehab. All right. So they're now they're forcing me at this point. EAP, you got to go to a you know a rehab. And I go in there and I get clean. And I probably had at that point, this is my first real taste of recovery at this point now. This is where my recovery story starts to come into effect now at this point. All that was all, you know, being young and stupid and not really knowing anything. Now I start, I did like a longer term rehab. I did an IOP. I start doing some uh, outside meetings, NAAA, start getting in the recovery, got a year clean and I go back to work and I'm good. And, um, you know, I wind up, Something happened where I was living in like an Oxford house, had a great time, uh, you know, a ton of stories with that. And, you know, I wind up something happened where I had to leave work again. I got hurt. I got hurt on the job. I tore my rotator cuff, yeah. lifting something up on the highway because, you know, it's a labor job. And I wind up going out. They gave me pills for the pain. I wound up relapsing. And that's the thing right there. Hey, if you don't yeah. need to, if you're in recovery and you're offered any type of narcotics or whatever, and you don't have to take them, don't take them. Okay. Unless you like really, really, really have to take them. Don't take them. I relapse. I go off to the court, you know, races again in my, in my addiction. And uh, I'm back to using heroin. Boom. Right back at it again. So now with this type of job, you fail two drug tests, you're done. You're out uh, of the union, yeah. they kick you out. So I know I'm getting a drug. They literally told me, hey, you're getting a drug test in like two days. Like they're giving, they gave us a heads up, like, hey, everybody's getting drug tested. So I'm like, all right. So I took, I go and get some pee off somebody. Right. I yeah. get some, I get some pee. I get some hot hands. I wrap it up, put it on my sack, you know? <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I'm, and I put it in a condom. So I'm in the room, you know, I got this nurse out here in our bathroom and I'm ripping it. Peace flying out everywhere. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, fuck, dude, I've ripped it. Peace. I'm like, I'm running out of pee, dude. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I'm running, I'm running out of pee for this lady. So I poured it into the cup, right? And I'm like, I look at it, it's like 90 degrees. And uh, I hand it to her. She looks at it, she's like, I need some more. <laughs> it's not enough. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, this is fucking the worst. So I'm like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to squirt just a little bit of pee into this cup. Just to squirt, just to get it over that little line. Just a smidge. Just a fucking smidge, dude. 
fail. <laughs> Instant fail. I get called into the office and she's like, uh, yeah, so your drug test came back and uh, um, so you failed. I'm like, she's like, what did you fail for? This is like my HR person, like pretend like she didn't know what I failed for. She's like, so what'd you fail for? I'm like, that oh, heroin. She's like, oh, we uh, we can work with that. You know what I mean? It's not a problem. I'm like, no, it was heroin. She's like, oh, I'm going to need you to clock out right now. <laughs> I'm going to need you to clock out immediately and go fuck yourself. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, this bothers me because they just let you go. Oh, I got it. Done. I understand they it. All there are rules, all, all of that stuff. Releases. I get it. And we've had this conversation. And I just go. You, you walk through the door. Good luck. And, when, and when there what? is an absolute need there. Knowing what I know now, okay, and knowing how addiction has changed and recovery has changed through the years since then, I would have been like, no, I'm actually keeping my job. I have a problem and it's your duty to try to help me out and let me get a chance to work better in my life and get in recovery and fighting for yeah. my job instead yeah. of saying, okay, let me just sign this paper and I'm done. Because essentially they made me resign mm. instead of firing me. And at now I would have been like, okay, cool. No, no, no. I, I have a problem. I need to, you know, do something with that. Yeah. But you live and you learn, you know what I mean? So now, you know, I'm, I'm messed up and I go to Florida. Okay. I'm like the Mecca at this point. And, and, and you know, we're talking, you know, 10 years ago. Now I go down to Florida I get some clean time. I got a couple of years. I got a year. I'd relapse, get another year or two. And probably out of the last 11 years, I probably had, you know, eight years clean out of the last like 10, 11 years. So mm -hmm. I've had some periods of, you know, time clean and sober where maybe a little relapse here and there. That's because I wasn't working on myself. You know, I wasn't really, you know, I got hooked into that Florida uh you know dream and that bubble at that time period okay a lot of things have changed since then but during that time period you know i was just like you know hey i i lost a ton of weight from getting high so now i'm skinny right i never had women who liked me before all of a sudden i'm don juan down in florida in a halfway house with 30 40 women you know what i mean like i never had this attention before i felt good about myself that i'm clean uh, I had friends that were, you know, uh, making moves and, and, you know, uh, solid people in recovery down there. And, you know, the lifestyle was, was just different for me. And I, I liked the person I was becoming and I start working in addiction and admissions and community outreach. And I started getting experience with a lot of different things. And, you know, I wind up in this long-term relationship um, you know, I'm coming towards the end of my story and where my, you know, where I'm at today. And I'm grateful for it that, you know, I had this relationship where I was really, really messing up in my life. And, you know, I'm skipping a lot of parts here, but I'm getting yeah. right to, to, you know, the, the meat and potatoes here is, you know, she was like, I, I I'm like, listen, I got it. I'm getting high. And I need to go to Overtown in Florida and I need to go get my shit. I, I'm living in like Boynton Beach, Lake Worth area at this point. And she's like, all right, here's your allowance. She gave me a little money. 
I go drive my BMW all the way down. <laughs> Somehow I have a BMW. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I don't know how. I don't know how. I've lost cars to dealers. You know, here let me get a couple bags where you can drive my car for a month. Yeah, and then it's gone. And um, so I go drive down. I come back to the house. Now we had this really, thank God for her at this point in my life, because she was clean. She was sober. She was making good money. And I was taking advantage of her at that point because of my addiction. Right. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I just never want to be again. I never want to be able uh, to do something like that again to somebody. Okay. And I wind up coming back home and into this, you know, luxury townhouse that we have. And it was empty, completely fucking empty. There was nothing in the house. There was a couple of wires on walls and there was like a single blow up mattress. And the house was completely empty. She left and took everything with her, had a moving company come and, and go out. And I'm like, oh my God. So I go and get my phone turn my phone off I'm like how dare you turn off my phone that's on your plan <laughs> I'm like this is outrageous we had a shared bank account I go into run I'm like you know I'm going through the you know the ticker here like shit what do I do next I go to the ATM sucks it in, takes my card I'm like motherfucker I go into the bank I'm like she's like yeah oh, she took you off the bank account you're done I'm like how dare you take me off her bank account <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can't you let me get X1? <laughs> you know? Nope. So I was beat for that. So now I did the, and this is the lowest point, really. This is where I hit my bottom at this point in my life. And it's funny now. I can We can laugh about it. We can joke because, you know, I made it through it. And it was very sad at the point, you know, that yeah. it was going on. It was a terrible part of my life where I wanted to die. I really did mm-hmm. and contemplated suicides, uh, suicide at one point. You're like, it was just really, really bad part of my life. So I'm living in a gorgeous townhouse with nothing in it. And I have a blow up mattress. That's a single blow up mattress. And I'm like, nothing. Dude. I'm like, what do I do now? So I say, call up. I, oh, I sold my iPhone so I can get like a burner phone. So I, got, I can still call the plug, right? And I have a BMW, which my license is suspended and the insurance is no good. Registration is no good. So I'm parking in my garage where I went and got drugs one time. I got to put this last story in because it's fucked up. That I drive home, it, put the car in the garage and the repo man's outside. And he's like, sir, uh, I'm going to need that car uh, you haven't paid on it in, you know, five months or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like, so I walk over to him. He's outside my garage. I go, okay, uh, how about uh, click? The door goes down right in his face. <laughs> God. <laughs> I wasn't giving it up at that time. And uh, I move in my drug dealers into the house. Because now I need free drugs. I have no money. I have nothing to offer. I have nothing to sell. And I moved the drug dealers into my house. And this, I'm like, I'm, you know, crying myself to sleep. It's, it's a terrible part of my life. And 
you know, I didn't have an insurance or anything like that. And I was, you know, I was reaching out through email and stuff. So I hit up, you know, my ex-girlfriend, I was like, Hey, I need help. Blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Here, I'll do you a favor. This person will scholarship you in the treatment, but you need to go like right away. So I, uh, you know, I parked my car outside the garage, put the keys on the seat because I knew it was going to get repoed, you know, so I took it out, put the keys on the seat and went into treatment and never looked back again. And here I am today. You know what I mean? I worked on myself. I did long-term recovery, long-term detox, rehab. You know, I did the whole thing. IOP, sober living, uh, three-quarter house, uh, worked my way up. And, you know, a lot of meetings, 12 steps, sponsor, sponsee, you know, working in treatment. I, you know, I really went through, you know, the, the whole gambit there and, you know, I'm here today. I'm much, much different person. I believe, uh, I think a lot of other people would say that as well. Um, and you know, I'm blessed right now where I have a, a great family life again, because they all cut me off. I left out a lot of stuff. You know, I was yeah. cut off. I was cut off from family. My little sister wasn't talking to me. My mom wasn't talking to me. None of my, like all my friends have died. All those older kids I told you about, yeah. they're all dead. All of them. They're all gone. There ain't none of them left. They all overdosed and died. Okay. They're all gone. And, but my family's talking to me again. We have a great relationship. I have a fiance that I love and, and that lives with me. She's pregnant. I'm having my first child, my, uh, a son, uh, you know, I'm working for a great company. Um, I get that, you know, have a, a great relationship with Rob Demio, Joe Horrocks, Paul, Anthony, you know, all the whole crew. And they're my family. I get to talk. I talk to them more than anybody I know. And, you know, the support system that I have and and the people that care about me today and the people that I care for. If I say I'm going to make it somewhere, I'm going to be there today. If I say I'm going to do something today, I'm going to do it. Uh, I have priorities. I have, uh, you know, I pay my bills today. I don't have to worry about coming in and electricity being off or there's always food in the refrigerator. Look at me. You know what I mean? I embrace the fatness. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's dead sexy. It's dead sexy. You know sexy. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and that's something that, you know, I'm really happy about. Uh, I'm proud of myself for doing. Uh, it got better for me. Okay. From the lowest point in my life, uh, it got better. And I pray that it continues to get better and it will get better as long as I continue to put in the work. Don't forget where I came from and, and you know, and do whatever I can to help the next person as well. See, I love it, man. It, it, get, it does. It gets better. You are an sure inspiration, does. my friend. I'm telling you, you, you are. And it's sort of interesting because for you to be able to do what you do and you and Demio and others within uh, uh, Sunrise Detox, you sort of have to go down that journey right? It's, it's sort of part of it, I, I guess. But the reality is, is that you're again, four and a half years clean. That's pretty spectacular. It's huge. You know, one of the coolest yeah. parts is, is that like, he's, you know, out in New Jersey, I'm up here in Massachusetts. We don't see each other much. Right. But at the same time too, he tells me where he comes from. He shares his story, his strength, his inspiration, and his hope. And I've got a lot of identifying markers when he speaks that I can relate and I can identify for him. You know what I mean? Just as one addict to another. 
And it's amazing what we can put our mind, what we put our minds to, what we can accomplish when we stop using our drugs of choice. You know yeah. what I mean? And to see where he's at now and what he does for a living, like he talks about people that we're in contact with with a daily basis. This is more than just a job for us. This is a lifestyle. Yeah. What we live, it's there's not many people out there that understand what we do for a living and really want us around. Our head's always in our phone. It's always one major catastrophe after another. We can't relate to other people's catastrophes because spilt milk. We're more worried about people overdosing, dying. It's amazing to see what he's doing with his life. And yeah. like honestly, from the you know from the bottom of my heart, I'm lucky to have people like him in my life when you know what i mean thank you Basically, i appreciate that yeah absolutely i feel the same buddy. way good stuff absolutely buddy i mean right, does the shirt come to... from south florida with you is the polo oh no, no i mean this might be an original throwback <laughs> look how tight this shit is right it almost makes me look like i'm big yeah, you Trust me, it's that. not muscle you know? <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna have to wrap it up but uh, again listeners out there if this uh, story touched you you got to reach out there's the number right behind, uh, below us. Reach out. Make it happen. Uh, it does get better. There is hope. Right here. These two gents and, and everybody else at Sunrise making it happen. We'll wrap it up on the other side. Love it. Demio, thank you, guys. Yeah, absolutely. It gets better. It sure the fuck does. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. I mean, life is good. Second and nine. Right I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to lay my head down. My cat's going to be here. I know I'm not getting high tonight. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to talk to him. I'm not going to get high tomorrow. It's a beautiful good. thing. It's a beautiful thing. It's better. Right. We'll be All wrapping right. it up on the other side. Thank you for joining It Gets Better Podcast. Help is available 24-7 with our partners at Sunrise Detox. Call our recovery hotline at 855-900-0080. Again, 855-900-0080.